Welcome to the lounge. I'm back. Post NFL draft. And we're going to talk college prospects. Now NFL rookies. Get you ready for your rookie draft. And tonight I'm excited to try something new. A new bourbon. A new bourbon. Check this out on YouTube. Larceny. Barrel proof. I got some recommendations on Twitter about Larceny. I finally got a bottle. This is made by the same distillery as Elijah Craig. All right. Um, now, the Elijah Craig mash bill here is 75% corn, 13 rye, 12% malted barley. This one comes uh, barrel proof at 136.6 proof. I've had this on the podcast before. Um, very good, very good bourbon. So Heaven Hills distills that. They also do the Larceny. This Larceny barrel proof is 123 proof. Now, this is a seasonal release. This is going to be released three times a year, January, May, and September. Now, on the, the label here, um, the mash bill, real quick, the mash bill is 68% corn, 20% wheat, and 12% malted barley. Uh, which makes this more of a wheated bourbon. Um, but anyways, on the front, the batch, this is A120. A means which release it was that year. So January would be A, uh, May would be B, and September would be C. The first digit is the the month, right? So one is January, and then the, the last two digits is the year, so 20. So they say that it's aged between six to eight years. So I'm going to open this right here. We're going to try it. I don't know if any of you saw. I did a Twitter live after the draft, and I tried some Jameson uh, Irish whiskey triple triple, which was a good whiskey. But this is um, this is 120. Ooh, was man, that smells so good. Vanillas, caramels. We'll get to fantasy in a minute, but we got to try the bourbon. Oh my goodness. Wow. So anytime you try a bourbon for the first time, your mouth, your taste buds are going to be like, what the, f what the hell is going on? Like they're not ready for that shock of that, that high proof, especially if it's over a hundred proof. Uh, and this being at 123 proof, it's really smooth for that strong of a a whiskey. And it's it's like um, gooey caramel, vanilla. Mm. Smell almost like Cracker Jacks. You remember Cracker Jacks? Um, this is this is. This is really, really good stuff. Thank you for putting me on this. I can't remember um, the Twitter handle, but they asked me if I tried it. I'd heard about it. So I was on the hunt for this. Um, so I finally did get it, and it's so good. Now, when you first um, sample bourbon, you like to kind of swish it around in your mouth, kind of chew on it. Right, they call that the Kentucky Chew, um, and what that does is you just kind of hit every taste bud, and 
you know, get 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 it in your mouth and you can feel the burn and mm. the finish and, and tell how oil it is. And I'm still learning bourbon, so um, I'm still kind of a novice, but this is good stuff. So this cost um, 50 bucks and the Elijah Craig cost 60 bucks. Man, I don't even know which I like better. I, I like stronger whiskey. Um, I, I'm going to have to do a taste test. We're going to do a taste test, not tonight, but we are going to have to do a taste test. So you're going to have to stick around for that. But I have a lot to say. I want to talk about post-draft. We spent so long talking about prospects. You spent so long listening to me talk about prospects. They finally have their landing spots. We're going to talk about it real quick. I don't want to keep you long. I just want to you know, break it down. Hopefully 30 minutes and we're done. Um, but before I get there, I want you guys to do me a favor. If you're a returning listener, if you've come back over and over, you know, I do this for you to help you prepare for your fantasy season. Hit me back with a review. Let me know that you're out there um, because I see the numbers. I see that I'm having repeat listeners, but I don't see any reviews. So if you would take the time, I mean, it just kind of shows me that you appreciate me spending the time doing this. Um, and it's nice to read a comment, right? When someone says something about what you do, um, you know, it's nice to hear that, right? Nice to read that. So if you guys would, if, if I'm providing you a service that you appreciate, that you like, uh, that you find valuable, uh, take the time, take five minutes, man. Just do it for me. Leave me a review. Go to YouTube page, subscribe write a comment, anything, just so I know you're out there. I mean, I see the number, so I know someone's listening. Uh, so if you would, uh, leave me a comment. I really appreciate that. So I'm going to go over draft results. Uh, I'm just going to go in order based on my rankings at rotolounge.com. You can see these at rotolounge.com where I talk about fantasy football. I'm going to talk about whiskey and, and cocktails, and I want to talk about jazz. Just so much going on. Uh, I'm going to hit you with this podcast, maybe a few more real quick, and then I want to really focus on that website, give you some content, uh, what I'm hearing in the industry now, actionable content that you can apply to your dynasty drafts, your redrafts, your leagues, uh, anything that can help you become a better fantasy player. That's why I'm here. I enjoy doing it. I hope you enjoy listening. Uh, I get to drink bourbon. This is my chance to kind of get away and drink. Uh, so I do enjoy talking to you and, and just providing you with Maybe some insight from my years of, you know, coaching and, and watching fantasy film or fantasy football and, and, and diagnosing film and, and all that good stuff. So enjoy it. Go to rotolounge.com. I have my rankings. You can find them here. And let's talk about the NFL draft, shall we? So in order, overall, this is not super flex. If it was super flex, we'd be talking about Joe Burrow. But, you know, we're just going to talk about the skill players today the running backs and the receivers. I'm still diving into tight ends. I really like to take my time on tight ends. Uh, most of the time, there's not really a stud in this class that you really want to target. Like last year, there was Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Irv Smith, our sleeper Foster Moreau. We were prepared for those because we saw it coming. This, is, this class is kind of under the radar. I don't know if there's really that stud that you need to have. And if he does come out of this class, uh, it's going to be a late round pick, maybe a waiver wire pickup. So as soon as I break in, break down those films and really understand what I'm looking at, 
I'll let you guys know that that's going to be on rotolounge.com. I'll put it under the tight end rankings. I'll send tweets out uh, and let you know who you need to target, whether it's your your rookie drafts, free agent drafts, however you do it. So let's start number one. Number one on my ranking overall is Jonathan Taylor running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, last year, the Colts offensive line ranked third best in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus, right? That offensive line is led by two-time first-team All-Pro left guard Quentin Nelson. Everybody knows he is a beast, right? He was ranked second among all NFL guards in the NFL. Next to him, left tackle Anthony Costanzo, he was the fifth-ranked offensive tackle, according to PFF. Braden Smith, only in his second year, he ranked 12th among all offensive linemen. He's already going to be a stud. The center, Ryan Kelly, he was the number six-ranked center in the NFL. And then there's Mark Lewinsky, 16th among all guards. I mean, that is a solid offensive line. It's pretty safe to say that as a group, this offensive line is one of the best, right? Was Marlon Mack a product of this offensive line? People are saying, oh, Jonathan Taylor is going to split with Marlon Mack. No, he's not. No, he's not. When Jonathan Taylor gets to camp and they see what a stud this guy is, a big bruiser that runs 4 3 9 40 yard dash, right? Marlon Mack can't even stay on the field. Marlon Mack is done. Okay, this is the last year of his contract. He's not going to be back. This is Jonathan Taylor's team. Don't let the Marlon Mack discussion hinder your choice of Jonathan Taylor as the best running back in this class. Last year, the Colts were seventh overall in rushing at 133 a game. That's with an injured Marlon Mack, Jonathan Williams, Naheem Hines, I mean, just a smorgasbord of nobodies. You're getting a guy now who rushed for almost 2,000 yards every season in college football. Yes, he was behind an offensive line, a college team that was built to run the football. But what do you think the Colts are? I just told you the Colts are being built to run the football. And I didn't even mention that the Colts signed all-pro fullback Roosevelt Knicks from the Steelers. So they just signed a Pro Bowl fullback to help open holes. Now, I know Knicks has been injured. I think he had an ACL injury. But they are building this offensive line. Phillip Rivers is going to be a game manager, and they're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor. He is going to be a top 10 redraft fantasy back in 2020. Don't think twice. He is the number one back in this class. Now, number two, it's going to surprise you. It's going to surprise you. It's going to be Cam Akers. Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams, number two. Now, let's talk about Akers real quick. The number one rated athlete running back coming out of high school out of Mississippi he set freshman rushing records in 2017 at Florida State. He had 1,025 yards rushing. Now, only three Seminoles, three Seminole running backs have finished their career with multiple 1,000-yard seasons. 
One was Cam Akers. One was Dalvin Cook. And I'll give you a bonus point if you can think of number three. Number three was War Dunn. All right, three Florida State running backs in the history of the college had multiple 1,000-yard rushing seasons. And Cam Akers was one of them. Now, when he went to the combine, he had 20 reps on the bench. So that shows that his four yards per carry after contact in college was not a fluke. And people want to say, well, the Rams have the worst offensive line. Cam Akers had one of the worst offensive line graded in college at Florida State. All right. But think about this. Cam Akers is a perfect match for Sean McVay's zone-based running scheme. He's a one-cut runner. He's got great balance, great burst. He's got good body control. Now, with the Rams, he steps into a better situation. Yes, the offensive line was bad, but it was not worse than Florida State's. Sean McVay, looking to rebound, once was the promising young head coach that everyone wanted their franchise to be modeled after. He has to rebound. Now, if the Rams tap into Cam Akers' explosive skill set, he is a tremendous pass catcher. Yes, he dropped a few passes in college, but really, a lot of those were just concentration drops. The man has got skills. If they tap into his receiving skills, his rushing skills, they lean on him. I think he's going to be one of the best young running backs in college er, in NFL football. My model has his ceiling at Zeke Elliott. Don't sleep on Cam Akers. You're going to be able to get Cam Akers late because people are, are hyping up C, uh, Clyde Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, and those are all good running backs as well. But Cam Akers is number two for me. Look, if you want to if you want to switch these running backs around, I'm not going to fault you. Okay, you can you can inter- interlock any of these running backs. Number one can be Clyde Edwards, Akers, Taylor. Uh, you know, just rearrange them however you want. But if you're listening to me, you're listening to Roto Lounge. Jonathan Taylor's number one. Cam Akers is number two, and number three, Clyde Edwards Elaire. Clyde Edwards, what a shock that the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards at 32 and then reports come out that Andy Reid asked Patrick Mahomes who he wanted to take and he said Clyde Edwards. Of course, if you look at the highlight films, everybody on LSU looked like an all-star last year. Everybody. But in 2018, Clyde Edwards took a back seat to a running back named Nick Brissett. Now, why did he do that? Was it because Nick Brissett was a senior? Was it because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't a quality three-down back? There's red flags around Clyde Edwards. But the one thing that you can't deny is that he's now in Kansas City. And Andy Reid, history shows us that Andy Reid is a guru when it comes to running backs. And most of the time in his career, he's used a feature back as long as the running backs stay healthy. Now, look at his history. When he went to Philadelphia in 1999, he had Deuce Staley as his running back. That year, Deuce Staley finished 10th overall in fantasy points. In 2000, Deuce Staley got injured, right? So they had to, you know, put a running back group together there. 
throw that year out the window. 2001, Staley came back from injury, finished 20th overall in fantasy. 2002, he finished. Staley finished 15th in fantasy. 2003, uh, Deuce Staley was trying to hold out for more money. Second year running back by the name of Brian Westbrook was there. And another running back you may have heard of named Correll Buckhalter was there. So it was a three-headed monster. Uh, and so neither one of them, neither one of those three had a great season. And then 2004 was the emergence of Westbrook. Okay. Now, just remember though, this was 2004. This was 16 years ago. And Westbrook was a three-down running back. He could run, he could catch, and he could pass block. And in, back in 2004, the NFL was not familiar with this type of back. He was almost one of the very first backs that could do it all. And boy, he had a great season, man. He he balled out. I think in 2004, he was the 10th overall fantasy back. 2005, he was the 15th ranked fantasy back. 2006, he was the 6th ranked fantasy back. 2007, he was the 2nd ranked fantasy back. And 2008, he was the 10th ranked fantasy back. All under Andy Reid, all bell cow. People want to compare Clyde Edwards to Westbrook. I don't see it. Okay, yes, maybe they're both short. Maybe they can both catch. I don't see the comparison. Uh, Westbrook was a tremendous pass blocker. Clyde Edwards can't pass block for a lick. Now, I, I get it. Patrick Mahomes can scramble. They're not going to need Westbrook or they're not going to need Clyde Edwards to block that much. But you can't deny the system that he's in right now, right? So in 2009, a rookie by the name of, you know him, LaShawn McCoy, entered Philadelphia. He split time with Westbrook. It was a running back by committee. Both of them finished outside the top 30. But then McCoy took over. 2010, he was the seventh-ranked fantasy back. 2011, he was the second-ranked fantasy back. 2012, he got injured. All right, He finished outside the top 20. Injuries are the only thing that seems to be hurting Andy Reid's running backs. He went to Kansas City, 2013. Jamal Charles was there. Jamal Charles finished first among all running backs in fantasy football, Andy Reid's first year in Kansas City. The next year, Charles finished seventh among all running backs. 2015, we all know what happened. Charles tore his ACL. Spencer Ware, Charkendrick West, that whole debacle started. I mean, they did all right. 2016, Jamal Charles, he never recovered. Ware and West, they split the duties again. 2017, here comes Kareem Hunt. We know how that turned out. 2018 was Hunt. Okay, we, we know where we're at, right? We're at the Super Bowl. Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, LaShawn McCoy. We know what happened in 2019. So here we are, 2020. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is now the running back for Kansas City. He's going to split time with Damian Williams. You can't deny the offensive juggernaut that Kansas City is building. It's the only reason I have Clyde Edwards third. He was fifth on my board. I jumped him up to third because the landing spot was just too good. To me, Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers are better athletes, better suited to be NFL three-down running backs. But I can't fault you for putting Clyde Edwards one or two because in the offense, Andy Reid, I just told you, is producing top 20 running backs. Charles was first. McCoy was second. Staley was second. Westbrook 
was second, right? He can produce running backs. So I cannot fault you for taking Clyde Edwards first, second. But I had him at third only because I'm trusting my evaluation. I'm trusting my model. There are red flags around Clyde Edwards. So if he falters in pass blocking, if his arms are too short and he can't win contested catches, if the defenses are ready for him, you could see him falter. So while I do love the landing spot, I'm not going to jump for joy and move him up to number one. I just can't do it. I don't want to be wrong. But I'm, I'm happy with taking Taylors and Acres if I have one or two over Clyde Edwards. All right, number four, DeAndre Swift went to the Lions. DeAndre Swift split time with Elijah Holyfield in Georgia. He ran for 1,000 yards the same year Elijah Holyfield ran for 1,000 yards. I mean, if you give him every down work, this man can be a beast. But the question is, can he handle three-down workload? Why was he splitting so much time at Georgia? Why is Elijah Holyfield, who can't even make an NFL roster, splitting carries with you running for 1,000 yards at Georgia? Okay? I do like Swift. I think he could surprise a lot of people. I'm still taking him over J.K. Dobbins. I know that Matt Patricia in Detroit is, you know, it's it's just, it's just bad there. But, 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 DeAndre Swift is an electric talent. He's going to get on the field. He's going to be given the football. I have him ranked number four overall. I don't he was he was the darling in, in the before the season started, the number one fantasy back coming into the pros. I had him at third pre-draft. I've dropped him the fourth post-draft. DeAndre Swift can't go wrong with him. Number five. Number five. Man, this whiskey's good. Number five, J.K. Dobbins. Now, I talked earlier a few months ago. J.K. Dobbins excels in the RPO with the with the quarterback that can scare defenses, stop those linebackers for a few seconds to open up that hole so that J.K. can use his speed to get to the second level. All right? The perfect fit was in Baltimore where Lamar Jackson is going to be taking away so much attention from the defense that it's going to open up holes for J.K. Dobbins. But, again, I have questions about J.K. Dobbins. Right In 2018, he split time with Mike Weber. Mike Weber put up 900 yards at Ohio State. Why? Now, I get it. College coaches, they have, right, they promise these, these kids certain things to come into class to come to school, to come to play for them. They promised them things. So I get it, you know, but when they had to pass protect for Dwayne Haskins in 18, J.K. Dobbins wasn't on the field. It was Mike Weber. And again, J.K. Dobbins is a poor pass blocker. And I know when you get to the NFL, you have to learn how to pass block. But of the of the running backs in this class, I think the best is Keyshawn Vaughn and, and uh, Cam Akers. Jonathan Taylor wasn't asked to pass block. Clyde Edwards can't pass block. J.K. cannot pass block. So I don't know how that's going to uh, hinder their growth at the NFL level, but the landing spot's terrific. He'll sit behind Mark Ingram for a year. We don't even know how fast J.K. Dobbins is because he didn't run at the combine. 
Is he going to be fast enough to outrun NFL linebackers at the second level? Is he quick enough to get to the outside? Those are all question marks I have, but the landing spot was terrific. Running backs have the most value in fantasy football, so we're going to target running backs early, try to accrue value, and then trade them if we feel like we have a better offer on the table somewhere else. All right, next one, Justin Jefferson, my number one wide receiver. If you listen to me, you know I've been talking about Justin Jefferson for so long. People say he's in the slot. People say he can't run outside. Look, in 2018, he played outside at LSU. He was an outside receiver. He led the team in receiving yards and touchdowns. Jamar Chase, second fiddle, right? Joe Brady takes over, spreads everything out. Four wide receiver set, five wide receiver set. Justin Jefferson, because he's versatile, he's going into the slot. Why not? The man has a unique vision of the field, a feel for the game, finding soft spots, knowing how to bait linebackers, defensive backs. I mean, he's he's a natural fit in the slot. Yes, he excelled in the slot. He led the nation in receptions with 111 last year, 1,500 yards, I believe it was. Insane production. In my model, he's compared to Stephon Diggs, right? So it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. Like I told, I I was adamant, Justin Jefferson, from what I was told, and again, you know, I, I hear from a source at the combine, okay, right? Things happen. Maybe the source was a smoke screen. Maybe, you know, things just didn't work out that way. I was sold that Justin Jefferson was going to be an eagle. They took Jalen Rager, which is fine. Justin Jefferson fell to the Vikings. I think it's just a good... As good or not better than the Vikings spot or than the Eagle spot. He's going to take over for Diggs. They may move Thielen outside, let Jefferson play the slot as a rookie, get the feel for the NFL game. Last year, Diggs finished as the 24th fantasy wide receiver. Dig or Jefferson will be there. Jefferson will be there eventually. He is a stud. I feel like he is the safest wide receiver in this class. Maybe he doesn't have the highest ceiling. Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of a Jerry Judy or a CeeDee Lamb. I think he's got a ceiling like Rager. Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling Henry Ruggs. Maybe Henry Ruggs' ceiling is Tyreek Hill. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be a top 15, top 12 wide receiver. The model projects him to be a top 5 ceiling. If he gets there, great. But... I have question marks with Judy. I have question marks with CeeDee Lamb. I have question marks with Jalen Rager. I have no question marks with Justin Jefferson. So he's my number one wide receiver. And I've already been in two fantasy drafts. Two fantasy drafts, and he's fallen to the end of the first round. I mean, it's absolute value at the end of the first round. Gobble that up. Don't be afraid. Justin Jefferson is the way to go. Next, Jerry Judy to the Broncos. Jerry Judy is an electric separator. Starts, stops on a dime, a quarterback's best friend. The knock on Judy and the knock on Lamb was that they were bad at press coverage. And now they're going in positions where they're probably going to be slot receivers and they're not going to see press coverage, which means their value is even greater now than it was prior to the draft. Now, Jerry Judy goes to a crowded offense. Corlin Sutton on one side. You got Noah Fan at tight end. 
Judy in the slot. They just brought in KJ Hamler to stretch the field. It's going to open up everything. Then they they draft another tight end, uh, Albert Okwe Boonham. They got Melvin Gordon. They got Philip Lindsay. I mean, there's so many weapons on this team. You just have to trust that the talent of Jerry Judy is going to rise to the top, right? You know, if Judy becomes a stud, Sutton could be expendable. You know, KJ Hamler could flame out. We don't know. But Judy was my number two wide receiver going into the draft. He's my number two wide receiver after the draft. I'm not thinking twice. I'm taking Jerry Judy. And then next, number eight, CeeDee Lamb. Goes to the Cowboys, snatching phones away from his wo- away from his woman. You know, don't be looking at who's calling me, congratulating me. That's none of your business. I'm an NFL player now. There's something there's something there with CD Land, man. There's something there, but the talent is undeniable. All right, he didn't play very good competition at the Big Twelve. That worries me. He's not good against press coverage. That worries me. He's got a slight frame. That worries me. He's going to go to Dallas. He's going to go in the slot. Amari Cooper has one year on that deal before there's no guarantees. So if CeeDee Lamb becomes the alpha there, you know, Cooper could pack his bags and move on. I'm not sold, but the talent is there. So I got him as the number three wide receiver in this class. Then it's Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, he's got everything that you want. But I don't think he's elite at anything. Uh, I question his hands. I hope that this isn't another Nelson Aguilar pick. I just, I just, I had a rookie draft, and you know, I, I took Keyshawn Vaughn at one six because I was going to try to trade him. The value was there for Keyshawn Vaughn. I didn't. I knew that I was going to get receivers in the second round, so I wanted to get the last running back before it really kind of fell off. Justin Jefferson went before Jalen Rager. Justin Jefferson went before CeeDee Lamb. Jerry Judy were gone. So here I am. I fall to 110. Jalen Rager's on the board. And I just, I can't pull the trigger. I'm looking. I'm like, I don't. Jalen Rager, I don't want him. I don't want him. Somebody wants him. I just don't want him. There's just something about it. I just don't want him. I don't trust it. I think he's going to be electric. I think he's going to be. Right, he might be like a Derek Mason type player for Tennessee. Okay, he's he's electric, but I mean he's not that alpha dog. He's not that number one wide receiver. That that he's not the Nook Hopkins. Right, he's not the AJ Green. He's not the Julio Jones. You know, he's he's just the receiver that he does enough. But I'm swinging for home runs, man. I'm swinging for home runs in the first round. I'm not I'm not swinging I'm not swinging for doubles, right? So I end up taking that 110. I contacted the Justin Jefferson owner. I said, look, what what what's it going to take to make a deal here? Going back and forth. He needed running back help. I didn't want Rager. I wanted Jefferson. I didn't want to leave the draft without I didn't want to leave the draft with Keyshawn Vaughn and Jalen Rager. I mean, to me, that's just a failure. That's a failure. If you're in a rookie draft and you leave the first round with Keyshawn Vaughn and Jalen Rager on your team. To me, that's that's a failure because Vaughn's not elite, and I don't think Rager's elite. So I worked out a deal. 
Now I could be wrong. This owner, hey, I could be wrong. But I worked out a deal. I said, look, give me Jefferson. I'm going to give you this 110. All right. I'm also going to give you Keyshawn Vaughn because you need running back help. And, and I know you're trying to shop Derrick Henry because people are talking about Derrick Henry. You got to sell Derrick Henry. You got to sell Derrick Henry. He can't do it again. He can't lead the league in rushing again. You got to sell him. Even though Tennessee re-signs Ryan Tannehill, even though A.J. Brown, AJ Brown's back, Derrick Henry can't do it again. Got to sell Derrick Henry. I said, hey, look, I'll take Derrick Henry off. I'll take Derrick Henry off your, off your hands. Go ahead and give Derrick Henry to me. I'll give you Keyshawn Vaughn. I'll give you Justin Jefferson. And why don't you throw in a 2021 20, a 20, second. I think that's what it was. I made so many trades. I don't even remember. I think it was a 2021 20, second. So I got Justin Jefferson, Derrick Henry, and a 2021 20, second. I believe that's what it was. For Keyshawn Vaughn, Jalen Rager. I think he took Rager. Keyshawn Vaughn in the 110. I mean, I left the draft with Justin Jefferson and Derrick Henry. And then in the second round, I got LaVisca. So to me, that's winning the draft. That's not walking away with guys that might be, you know, middle of the pack players, right? I'm shooting for home runs here, all right? I'm shooting I'm shooting the three-pointers. I'm not, I'm not bunting. I'm not going for the bunt now. All right. Hey, we're doing late night drinking, late night podcast. And this is the first one where I'm just saying whatever comes to my mind. Uh, you let me know if you like it, if you hate it. But, hey, I'm just spitting it at you right now. Okay, next, Vishka Chenault, Jacksonville Jaguars. This man's going to be a beast. CD, or D.D. Uh, Westbrook, Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, they're all garbage. Garbage. DJ Shark, Vishka Chenault across the middle. Hey, he's going to be roaming that 5 to 15-yard range. Gardner Minshew is going to be scrambling his ass off. Just throwing passes to Visca. Visca's going to be running bitches over. Hey, and he's probably going to get hurt after week three because he's running people over. That's all right. Hey, we are going to stash Visca. Let him get used to the NFL. Let the coaches teach him how to protect his body. Hey, I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. LaVisca in Jacksonville. Pull the trigger. All right. Next one, Joe Burrow. Super flex. He's 101. All right. Then we're getting to Henry Ruggs. Number 12 overall, Henry Ruggs, Las, Las Vegas Raiders. People say Henry Ruggs is garbage. He had no production. He had no breakout age. He had none of this. He had none of that. Hey, you know what, you know what Henry Ruggs has? He's got 427 speed. How many cornerbacks have 427 speed? He's got big ass hands. He's going to be catching everything. He's going to be running past everybody. Listen, when John Gruden went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was at Tampa Bay for five years. He brought in Joey Galloway. Do you remember Joey Galloway or does that just show my age? I think it was like, oh my gosh, 2000s, 2000 something. Anyways, when Joey Galloway left Ohio State in 1991, I believe it was, he had an unofficial 40-yard dash time of a 419, which is insane, Okay. John Gruden brought this man to Tampa to be part of that offense, to open up the offense in Tampa. In five seasons, Joey Galloway got hurt. He's one season, and then he played half a season. The other three seasons, Joey Galloway had over 1,000 yards and over five touchdowns. His quarterbacks were Chris Sims, Bruce Gradkowski, 
Luke McCown, Brian Grease. I mean, the who's who of nobodies. And this man accumulated 1,000 yards and over five touchdowns three years in Tampa with John Gruden. And if you don't think that Henry Ruggs is going to do the exact same thing, then you're just you're listening to the wrong people. You're listening to the wrong people that are telling you that just because he didn't do this in college, he's not going to do it in the pros. Listen, Joey Galloway's best season at Ohio State was like 900 yards. That's the same argument was back then. Why didn't Joey Galloway do anything? If he's so good, why didn't Joey Galloway do anything at Ohio State? He was playing with guys like Chris Edwards or some guys I've never even heard of were his teammates. He couldn't even get 1,000 yards with nobody as his teammates. Henry Ruggs playing over here with Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, Irv Smith Jr., five-star athletes across the board while Joey Galloway's playing with Chris Edwards and whoever else the guy is. Comes to the NFL, he plays, I don't know what he played, 10, 15 years in the NFL because he's fast and speed kills. So don't sleep on Henry Ruggs. Don't sleep. I'm not telling you to take Henry Ruggs first, second, third, fourth. But I have Henry Ruggs, one, two, three, four, five, the sixth wide receiver in this class. And it's because of opportunity. They, they got Waller. They got Foster Moreau if he comes back healthy. They got Josh Jacobs. They now got Lynn Bowden, the kind of running back to receive. They got, did I say Brian Edwards? And Henry Ruggs. They're going to be throwing the ball. Gruden is going to get Henry Ruggs the football. Best ball, he better be a high pick for you. Guaranteed. Stack Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs in your best ball. But Dynasty, hey, take Henry Ruggs. Don't be afraid of him. All right. Next one, Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards, I have comped a floor of Brandon LaFell, a ceiling of Michael Thomas. This man broke out in the SEC at age 17. We don't know how fast he is, but I'm guessing he's around a 4-5. I mean, looking at him, he reminds me of like a Demarius Thomas type. I mean, he is going to be, he's going to be the guy that is, I think he's going to be the alpha. I mean, they say, well, hold on. Let me correct myself. They said Alabama Ruggs was the alpha in that, in that, wide receiver room. Ruggs was the alpha over Judy. So you're going to see Ruggs trying to be the alpha in, in Las Vegas. You're going to see Brian Edwards trying to be the alpha. I mean, Gruden and Mayock, say what you want to say about them. They're putting together pieces that are going to make this Raider offense scary. Edwards, I love Edwards. You can get Edwards late. I got Edwards at the th 310, the third round, 10th pick in a rookie draft today. That is an absolute steal. Nobody must know about Brian Edwards. Because why? He didn't go through the combine. If he didn't go through the combine, most most owners in your league don't know who these players are. But we do. Brian Edwards, he might not break out first year. Might take him a while to get familiar with, with the NFL. Right? He broke his foot in the offseason. Brian Edwards is going to be a great stash. That's what I'm going to say. Great stash. If you can get him in the third round, that's a steal. Go ahead and do it all day long. If you're in a very competitive league and guys know what they're doing, I'd take them in the second. I would take them in the second round. Next up, Keyshawn Vaughn. Okay. On my Twitter, I posted Keyshawn Vaughn versus James White. Right? Keyshawn Vaughn. We know that the Bucs are going all in on the Super Bowl. Tom Brady needs a running back that he can rely on. Ronald Jones is not that. 
He is the king of inconsistency. He'll break off a 20-yard run here. He'll drop a screen pass, or he'll run the wrong way the next play. Arians cannot stand that. But he's still young. I think he's 21, maybe 22. I don't even think he's that old yet. He's going to get chances. But I think I think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to come in, and prior to the NFL draft, I had him as the number 11 running back, but I bumped him up because of the landing spot. Brady's going to rely on him. He's a good pass blocker. He's a good receiver. He can get you know chunk yardage. I don't see why he's any worse than Sony Michelle, except he's got hands. Um, so again, I can use Keyshawn Vaughn as a value pick to flip. I mentioned that I did that already. But if you if you get stuck and you and you get Keyshawn Vaughn, don't be upset with it. He's gonna be he's gonna be a good back for two years. Now I think the Bucks are building that offensive line. They drafted Tristan Wirfs. They already have Ali Marpet on that side. So they're going to be maulers up front. They're going to be able to run on the right side of the ball. And I think that you're going to see Rojo and you're going to see Vaughn split time, you know, rotating uh, because Rojo is a playmaker. He's got wheels. And if he can get a hole, he can take it to the house. So I think you're going to see them rotate. So that's why I'm not really that high on Vaughn because he's not, a, I don't think he's a three down back. Now Aaron's come out and said, I need a three down back, but whatever. He's going to try to motivate Ronald Jones and Ronald Jones has, um, he's got, um, what, what's that word I'm looking for? Um, confidence issues. He's not a confident player. He loses his confidence quickly. Um, so, they're going to try to hit him with tough love. They're going to talk up Keyshawn Vaughn. Hopefully, hopefully Rojo, you know, comes to play and doesn't just kind of fall away. But I'm not a big fan of Rojo. He wasn't even on, he wasn't even on my draft board. When the running backs came out, I was not even drafting Ronald Jones. That's how bad I thought he was. He's he's way um, exceeded my expectations. But I think him and Keyshawn Vaughn are going to rotate. If you get him, good. If you don't want them, hey, I'm on board with that. Next one, A.J. Dillon, the sauce. All right, this is the biggest discussion right now of why the Packers did what they did. They moved up to take a quarterback. They took A.J. Dillon. They took um, Josiah DeGore out of Cincinnati, a really good tight end. He was he uh, he broke Kelsey's record at the University of Cincinnati, but he's 6'2". So I don't know if he's big enough to be a tight end. I think he's going to be moved to H-back. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this about Matt LaFleur. And I've been talking about Matt LaFleur for a year now. And I, I wish I wish that I had more exposure to people because I wish that people could could hear uh, what I had to say because I I zoom in. I zoom into all these scenarios and I pick apart, you know, the important information all of these teams, all of these coaches, they leave breadcrumbs, right? We have to follow the breadcrumbs, and I'm here to help you identify that and follow that. So let me tell you about Matt LaFleur. First of all, Matt LaFleur is uh, it's my way or it's the highway type of coach. He doesn't believe that players win football games. He believes that he wins football games and that his schemes win football games. So... We already knew when he went to Green Bay that he was going to have conflict with Matt or with Aaron Rodgers, right? There was talk about Aaron Rodgers and McCarthy's conflict, and, and, and McCarthy pretty much checked out, started drinking, 
pretty much A-Rod just called every play at the line of scrimmage. So we heard going in, Matt LaFleur, that is not going to fly with Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur does not like you to call an audible. And that's all Aaron Rodgers likes to do is call audibles. And the professionals were saying Aaron Rodgers needs to, you know, listen to what the coach has to say and abide by that scheme. Well, he didn't do that. He did not do that. There was conflict the entire year. And when you watch that championship game, that playoff game with Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers would check out. He didn't even seem like he wanted to be there. He feels like he's the reason the Packers are successful. And now LaFleur is there, and LaFleur believes he's the reason that the Packers are successful. Now, I know that Aaron Rodgers has money on his contract. I believe that they have a plan. Matt LaFleur has a plan of what he's going to do. But I will tell you this. Follow the breadcrumbs, all right? Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles Rams in 2017. That year, Todd Gurley led his team in rushing. I think he had 60 receptions. They targeted him over 100, I think 100 yard, 100 times. They led they leaned on Todd Gurley in that offense with LaFleur there. Now, I know McVay had some say in it, but McVay and LaFleur are one and the same, and I believe that McVay allowed LaFleur to be creative and let him do what he wanted to do. I don't think that McVay was the, you know, hands-on saying, you have to do it my way. I think LaFleur was given the creativity. So we saw what he wanted to do, and if that's not enough evidence, he went to Tennessee, became the offensive coordinator in Tennessee 2018. Derrick Henry rushed for 1,000 yards. The second leading receiver on that team was Deion Lewis. I think he had 59 receptions. The second leading receiver on that team was Corey Davis. Now, you can say, well, they didn't have anybody. No, that's not No, that's not it. No, that's not it. Matt LaFleur wants to run the football. And he wants to throw it to his running backs. That's what he does. He doesn't need Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't want Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wants to be in shotgun. Matt LaFleur doesn't like shotgun. He want, Aaron Rodgers wants to call audibles. Matt LaFleur doesn't like audibles. Aaron Rodgers likes to, to wind the clock down to one second on the, on the time clock. Matt LaFleur doesn't like that. And they were butting heads all season about those things. Matt LaFleur actually had to install prior schemes so that Aaron Rodgers felt comfortable. Look, Matt LaFleur doesn't need that. He doesn't care what you did. He doesn't care what you did for Green Bay. He wasn't there for Green Bay. He's trying to make his own his own legacy in Green Bay. And he's going to do it his way. He drafted Jordan Love. I believe it was a spite to Aaron Rodgers because he talks about Jordan Love is a is accountable. He loves his accountability. Aaron Rodgers doesn't hold himself accountable. He blames everybody else. When he throws a bad pass, what does he do? He yells at the receiver. He only wants to throw it to Devontae Adams because he doesn't like anybody else. How many other receivers' career has he ruined because he won't throw him the football? Why do you think McCarthy checked out? Because it was the A-Rod show, and he couldn't do anything about it. Matt LaFleur is building an offense to run the football. He got Jordan Love, who maybe he thinks is the next Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. He gets A.J. Dillon, which is a clone of Derrick Henry. He drafts Josiah DeGora to be a, 
H-back, fullback, whatever you want to call them. They drafted three offensive linemen. Now, if you're telling me they're not going to go to a running scheme, you're not looking at the right things. They don't need a number two number two receiver. People want to talk about, oh, Alan Lazard, who's the number two receiver? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I already told you the leading receiver for Matt LaFleur's offense is going to be the running back. So what we can expect is we can expect a heavy dose of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones catching balls out of the backfield. He doesn't need Aaron Rodgers to do that. He doesn't need Aaron Rodgers to do that. So A.J. Dillon is a sleeper in this draft. Is he going to be the next Derek Henry? I don't think so. Is he going to be great? I don't think so. But he fits what Matt LaFleur wants to do. Matt LaFleur is going to ride him probably for two, three years. If it doesn't work, he's going to draft another running back in two years. Take A.J. Dillon. See what happens. Maybe when he has a few good games, if you can see that it's not working, flip him for somebody. It's that easy. Next. Michael Pittman Jr. to the Colts. I love what they're building there. Jonathan Taylor, I think they're going to be a running a running offense, right? Run-oriented. Pittman is going to be able to take the top off the defense, right? He's big. He can go deep. They have Paris Campbell. He can run across the middle, shallow across the middle. He can also take it deep. You know, it, it, once we get once we get down here, once we get to the AJ Dillon, I'm not. I mean, eh, I mean, I'm not really excited. I'm start. I'm looking to trade picks. I'm looking to trade. All right. What what, what can you give me? What can you give me for 2021? I want to start acquiring 2021 picks right now, because next year's draft class is going to have some studs in it, some legitimate wide receiver studs, a few running back studs. Don't waste your time on Michael Pittman Jr. Don't waste your time on T. Higgins. Don't waste your time on Brandon Ayuk, okay? Trade these picks, acquire 2021 first-round picks. Get ready for the studs in that class. If you don't get the CeeDee Lambs, the Jerry Judys, the Jalen Ragers, Justin Jeffersons, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, LaVisca Sinaltz, start getting 2021 picks. Get ready for those rookie wide receivers. This is the cheapest you're going to be able to get 2021 picks is in your fantasy draft, in your rookie draft. Acquire them now. Michael Pittman, all right. He's going to be all right. I'm not excited. T. Higgins. T. Higgins is Mike Williams' clone. Can't separate. Runs a 4-5. Okay, Auden Tate, yeah. If Auden Tate's relevant, runs a 4-7. He's tall. T. Higgins, he'll be relevant. Is he going to be a A.J. Green? No, I don't think so. I don't think he'll ever be anywhere near that level. I think he's going to be a Mike Williams type player. Um, you know, I don't think I don't. Joe Burrow likes to throw the the, the back shoulder fade. He likes, you know, I can see him developing a, a rapport with T. Higgins, but I don't think T. Higgins is going to be good enough to beat NFL defensive backs. If he has to be the number one. I think he'd be. I think he's gonna get shut down by. Um, I think Akuda can shut down T. Higgins. I don't think he's got what it takes to be an alpha in the NFL. So, I'm passing on T. Higgins. It's gonna take him a year or two, anyways. Brandon Ayuk. Man, this guy came out of nowhere. He's got long arms. He's gonna be able to catch everything. Yards after the catch, monster. Mike or uh, Kyle Shanahan loves yards after the catch. He's going to be a beast in that regard. He's going to be a special teams punt returner, kick returner. But 
trade the pick. I'm trade the pick. I'm not excited. They got Debo. You know, I I hyped selling. I hyped buying. I hyped buying Jimmy Garoppolo. I was hoping for Henry Ruggs. Jerry Judy would have been a nice, you know, second option. Didn't get either of those. Got Brandon Ayuk. Fuck. Right? These guys are just going to be like, you know, dinking and dunking across the field, giving them reverses, running the ball. I mean, Kyle Shanahan really knows how to fuck up our fantasy seasons. You don't know who's going to get the football. So, Ayuk, I think he's going he's gonna to be one of those guys you don't know what you're going to get. Maybe you'll get a great game one week, and then he's going to disappear for half the season. So, not excited there. Joshua Kelly, that's my dog. I talked about Joshua Kelly. He was my number four running back pre-combine or pre-draft. I didn't know where he was going to go. Everything I saw on tape, he looked great. The data model showed he looked great. Everything looked great about Joshua Kelly. Fell to the fourth round. Went to the Chargers. Okay, I think he can be better than Justin Jackson. He can be that guy that, that rotates with Austin Eckler. He's fast. He's big. He can catch. He can block. He can pretty much do it all. Um, so I like Joshua Kelly. Now, I like him at value, though, right? I, I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant unless Eckler goes. Now, if Eckler gets hurt, which two years ago Eckler got injured, Joshua Kelly could become a good fantasy player. So I want him. I definitely want him. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, reach on him. I'm not going to reach on him. So third round, third round, maybe into the second. If I can't trade, I'm trying. I'm trying to trade. But I do like Joshua Kelly. Then it's Justin Herbert, Superflex, and then Tua Tagovailoa. Now look, let me talk to you about Tua Tagovailoa. If if you haven't already heard me, let me tell you now. This man in college had a broken wrist. Broken ankle. Broken hip. And I have people talking about he's the number one quarterback in this fantasy draft in this in this class. Are you crazy? Are you are you crazy? Two attack of Iloa. Look, the dude is talented as all get out. But the dude's made of glass. He's like maybe he's like Paris Campbell. You can't stand the field, man. But let, let's talk about this. The NFL is the NFL is evolving into a league where the quarterbacks are mobile, the quarterbacks run. What what do they say? What the Konami code? Those extra points that these quarterbacks are getting you, the Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murrays, the Josh Allens, right? What is Tua Tagovailoa going to give you? He doesn't give you any rushing upside. And that's even before he had a bad hip. That's before he had a bad hip. So you got a man who never surpassed 180 yards rushing in any season in college when he was healthy. Never even hit 200 yards rushing in college. So you're expecting this man to come to the NFL with a bad hip, sit out a year. His second year, he's going to get acclimated to the NFL. Uh, maybe he'll be fantasy relevant. He's not going to lead you to a championship unless he's just the next coming of Dan Marino, which I don't think that's going to happen. And then maybe his third year, he'll be fantasy relevant. But he brings you no rushing upside. He brings you no rushing upside. 
So how high can he really go? And then, and then when he's ready, you're going to have Trevor Lawrence in the league who has rushing upside. You're going to have Justin Fields who has rushing upside. Look at all the fan look at the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks last year. They all of all of the top 10 had over 200 yards rushing except for Aaron Rodgers and he had 180. You had Lamar Jackson obviously. Patrick Mahomes had a few hundred. Josh Allen had 500. Kyler Murray had 500. Uh, Russell Wilson I think he had 400. Um look at that look at that and then what does Tua Tagovailoa bring you? 150 maybe. Maybe if he can run, he's going to be taking a beating on his hip his whole career. He's not going to work out, folks. And if you're listening to me, you know this. Don't, do not make the mistake and draft Tua Tagovailoa in your fantasy drafts. There is a good chance that he could be a good quarterback. But the odds are even greater that he's not going to be what you think he's going to be. So don't do it. Trade the pick. I would rather take a a healthy Justin Herbert over Tua. Now, Herbert averaged around 200 yards rushing per game in college as well. Is he going to be asked to do that more in the NFL? I don't know. But he's healthy. Just like I said last year going into your, your redrafts. Don't risk a pick, an early pick on a guy that you already know has red flags. Don't draft a Zeke Elliott who's holding out. Don't draft a Melvin Gordon who's holding out. Don't draft Todd Gurley who's got a knee injury. You already know that there's red flags. Why are you going to put yourself behind the eight ball right off the bat? Why are you going to invest in Tua Tagovailoa as the first quarterback or even second quarterback in this class when the man has a broken wrist, a broken ankle, a broken hip, and he can't run? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Sorry, don't do it. All right, next one, KJ Hamler. I told you I had a lot to say. I told you I had a lot to say. And the larceny is bringing it out. All right, well, let's run down these next one. KJ Hamler, Broncos, speed burner, probably runs a 4-3, just blazing speed. He is the poor man's Henry Ruggs. Who could end up being better than than Henry Ruggs? I doubt it, but there's always a chance. My comp has him at floor of Willie Reed, ceiling of T.Y. Hilton. Take a chance on him. Why not? Tyler Johnson to the Bucks. He's not going to be relevant for a while. Godwin's going to play the slot position. Unless there's a trade, right? Unless Brady orchestrates a trade, gets Evans out of there. I don't know what, what they might do. I don't think he's going to be relevant for a few years. But Tyler Johnson, he's got potential. He's got potential. Take him in the last round, fourth round. I'm okay with it. Denzel Mims, way low, way low. Right, he's raw. You know, he's fast. He can jump. But it takes it takes more than that to be good in the NFL. You, you have to be more than just fast and be able to jump, right? You have to be able to sell routes, right? You have to be able to understand defenses. You, you There's so much more that goes into it, you know, I'm not sold on him. My, the model has as floor as Josh, Josh Doxson. You know, I see I see a similar comp to Josh Doxson. You know, I, I I said that Denzel Mims is the 2020 version of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. If you made that mistake last year, you, you obviously weren't listening to me because I said avoid J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Because all J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, they hyped him because he could out-jump people in the end zone. 
Okay, well, if you're good, those your those DBs aren't even near you. Why are you out jumping them? All he could run is an out route. I mean, he put up the yards at Stanford. He put up the metrics. He looked good. But when you watch his tape, he looked one-dimensional, two-dimensional. And, and, and that's not going to win at the NFL level. It's not going to win at the NFL level. And we can be in love with these prospects, right? But they don't all translate to the NFL. And I don't think Denzel Mims is going to translate. And if he does, it's going to take him several years. So don't spend high draft capital on him now. Wait till he bottoms out. And then invest in him if you think he's somebody. Antonio Gibson went to the Washington Redskins. There was debate. Was he a running back? Was he a wide receiver? Ron Rivera is the new head coach in Washington. I see this as Ron Rivera wanting a similar player to Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey was so successful he was so successful that Ron Rivera never took him off the field, okay? So as a coach going to a new team, why would you not try to replicate that style of offense, all right? You have a quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. You have a quarterback in Kyle Allen, right? You don't want to lean on them. You want to lean on somebody else, right? You have a poor receiving core. You have Tara McLaren. That's it. You don't even have a tight end. Darius Geis, he's hurt all the time. Bryce Love, he hasn't even played in the NFL. Adrian Peterson, he's damn near 50. Antonio Gibson is going to come in, and he's going to be the Christian McCaffrey for Ron Rivera. He is an absolute steel stash late. Don't reach for him. Again, I have him down at 25th. I mean, I probably need to bump him over Denzel Mims and Tyler Johnson because he does have that potential. Now, he is raw. I think he only had 71 touches last season. He's raw. He, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was a Heisman finalist. Antonio Gibson is not Christian McCaffrey. Don't, don't let me confuse you. But he is an athletic freak. He is fast. He can catch. He's a wide receiver. He can run. What's Christian McCaffrey? He's a wide receiver. He's fast. He can run. They can make some plays for him. Dump the ball off, right? So you don't know what's going to happen, how he's going to evolve. He's raw, but I'm taking a chance. Zach Moss. Zach Moss was low in my rankings. Devin Singletary was low in my rankings. Buffalo has, in my opinion, a pretty crappy backfield. I mean, Frank Gore, That's not Zach Moss is not an upgrade over Frank Gore. But he'll get some garbage touchdowns. Devin Singletary will get some other work. I mean, I'm not sold. He's a plotter. My, my model has him as floor Zach Stacy, who had a really great rookie season, then he fell off. Ceiling is Spencer Ware, who had some good seasons under Andy Reid. We talked about that earlier in the podcast. I'm not buying it, folks. Some people have Zach Moss as their number one running back. If Zach Moss is the number one running back in this class, I'm just going to go ahead and just quit. I'm going to... Close my laptop, turn my microphone off, pour all my bourbon down the sink, and just fucking give up. That's how convinced I am that Zach Moss is not going to be the number one running back in this class. It's not even, there's not even a chance. There's not even a chance he's the top three in this class. There's not even a top chance. There's not, there is not even a chance he is the top five running back in this class. Mark that down, write it, stamp it, get it authenticated. Whatever you have to do. He's not going to be anywhere near the top five. All right, next one. Darrington Evans, Titans. 
two-star running back out of high school from Appalachian, went to Appalachian State. His ceiling is Steve Slayton. I mean, Steve Slayton, we, we, we had so much hope for Steve Slayton, but that didn't work out for us, did it now? So if you like him, you like him. One-two punch. Deion Lewis, eh, didn't do much in Tennessee. Maybe Evans does, maybe he doesn't, but, you know. I got him at 27th overall. Then there's LaMichael P. Ryan, went to the Jets. I think this could be a good pick, uh, but I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to have a pretty decent season in New York unless Gase fucks it all up again and, and just tries to rotate everybody. The model has his floor as Monty Ball and his ceiling as Sony Michelle. I, I do like his profile. I don't like that he wasn't really fast at the combine. But, again, we're talking about, you know, into the third, fourth round rookie picks here. You know, if, if you like him, take him. Next, Anthony McFarlane of the Steelers. All right, he's electric, right? I have his ceiling as D'Angelo Williams. Um, James Connors there, injury prone. Benny Snell's there. I'm uh, J, uh, is Jalen Samuel. He's there. I mean, nothing to be excited about. I don't. I don't think he's ever going to be anybody. Um, you know. All these players, I'm, I'm just trying to trade. Somebody, somebody's in love. Somebody's in love with these players. Someone's in love with the Zach Mosses and the Darrington Evans and the Michael P. Ryan's. Trade, trade them. Give me, give me something. Give me a 2021 second. Give me something that I can package and then either move up or get a proven player in 2021. I don't, I don't want to waste a roster spot for a few years on an Anthony McFarland. And as we go down, none of these players, right? Eno Benjamin. Jordan Love, he's going to sit for a few years. Devin DuVernay, hey, he, he's got a chance. I mean, he was drafted, I believe, in the fourth round, so that our cutoff is the third round. But if there was a player out of the fourth round that does good, I think Devin DuVernay could be could be legit. Van Jefferson, we love Van Jefferson. Tremendous route runner. Broke out at age 22. That's almost like, that's almost like a death sentence. But he broke out at 22. His dad is Sean Jefferson. I used to have his rookie card. That shows how old I am. So I got a little bit of love for Van Jefferson. But he's on the Rams. Cooper Cup's there. Robert Woods is there. You know, I don't know if the Rams are just going to start over and not re-sign anybody and let Cup go and then Jefferson takes over for Cup. I don't know, but it's not a bad stash. He didn't do anything in college. And for the route runner that he was, he should have done a lot in college. So I'm not sure what happened there, but why not stash him? Next is Chase Claypool. Whatever the hype is on Chase Claypool, I don't see it. <clears throat> I went to the combine in Indianapolis. Dude looks sloppy as hell. He doesn't know how to. He doesn't. If you're watching this on YouTube, right when the ball's coming at you, right, you need to make a triangle, right. For all you that have played football, you know you got to make the triangle so the ball comes in. This man is trying to catch like this right? Slap the football. I mean, I know they said Sutton had some catching issues, but I was watching Claypool just drop pass after pass at the combine. And, and these drills weren't even on TV. This is like after they go to the commercial break, but they're still running the drills and I'm watching Claypool and I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, this guy was an absolute athletic freak, but you throw him the football and he doesn't know. He, he just drops the shit. So I'm not, I mean, the best thing that could have happened to him is, is he goes to tight end, even though he can't block. Go to tight end. Even though you can't block, you have a chance. But no, they're going to put him at wide receiver, put him on the outside, 
put Juju in the slot. I mean, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, there's probably going to be times where he does outrun somebody or outmaneuver somebody and, and he looks good. But long term, I mean, this guy, no. Notre Dame, the best Notre Dame wide receiver to ever come out is Jeff Samarja. And he didn't even, he didn't even play in the NFL. And this is no Jeff Samarja, okay? Shout out to all my Jeff Samarja fans. Go Cubs. Whoever else he played for, I don't know. Anyways, pass on Chase Claypool. Lynn Bowden Jr., he's electric in college. He's going to be a running back. He's going to be a gadget play in the NFL level. I mean, you can take him. I don't have high hopes for him. Antonio Gandy-Golden, fourth-round Redskins. He's a project. It's going to take him a couple years. If you want to stash, stash. Not excited. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I broke down Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, you saw it. You watched it. You listened to it. Dude was a five-star athlete. I told you he has work to do. If he goes to Cleveland and he works his ass off to get better, I want a piece of that, right? But you can pro- he's probably going to be a free agent in, in, your, in your fantasy leagues. But if you want to take a shot, take him. Take him in the last round. You know, hold on to him for a couple years, see what happens. I mean, as long as OBJ's there and Landry's there, I don't think you're going to see much. But eventually one of them is going to be traded. Um, so, whatever. Quintez Cephas, Lions. Marvin Jones, clone. He could go in there. Nah. Gabriel Davis, nah. Joe Reed, nah. Let's see. The only one I really like, I have Marquez Callaway. He was undrafted free agent to New Orleans Saints. Special teams player. Has all the athletic measurables. Four-star athlete coming out of high school. He's a stash. I mean, some of these guys I just want to stash for home runs. Look, if you want to, if you want to see the rest, just go to rotolounge.com. Rookie rankings, pull it up. I have I have downloadable spreadsheets. If you need a, a cheat sheet for your draft, go there, download it. I have overall running backs, receivers, quarterbacks. I'm going to do tight ends later. Uh, and then, you know, you can look at it or you can download whatever. I'm going to do the same thing for regular season redraft. I have rankings. I have downloadable um, spreadsheets. I'm going to try to sell some type of draft kit. Uh, I need some money to put into the website and uh, get the logo redone. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to to build this brand. And like I said, anyone that if you're still listening, I mean, I think we're probably an hour in. Um, let me check how long we're in here. Yeah, we're an hour in. So if you're still here, I appreciate you. Much love for you. Uh, leave me a review. Leave me something. Subscribe comment go to youtube check me out i enjoy doing this i enjoy drinking bourbon the larceny this is good stuff right here very good stuff i've been talking to you for an hour it's damn near one o'clock in the morning i hope you guys are being safe and girls being safe look we're gonna crush these rookie drafts all right i promise you I promise you, I'm not going to steer you wrong. I promise you. I've been doing this damn near too long. I haven't failed yet, and I'm not going to fail in 2020. I promise you that. So it ultimately comes down to you. Who do you love? Trust what you see. Trust what you do. If you want some advice, I'm always here. You can find me on Twitter at Roto Lounge. Right? I have a, I have a new Twitter, Roto Lounge Drink, if, we, if you want to see pictures of the whiskey. I need to take one for tonight and post it on there. Instagram, Roto underscore lounge. 
just trying to get my name out there. I mean, I enjoy doing this, but I do. I want to interact with you guys. I want to do the Facebook lives, Twitter lives, uh, Instagram lives, all that good stuff um, and, and build relationships with you um, guys and girls, you know, just just the community, the fantasy community and have a good time doing it. Have a good time doing it. That's, that's all we're here for. Have a good time. Don't take it too serious. Have debates. Be opinionated. Don't take it serious. Don't be a jerk. Um, sometimes we're wrong, but sometimes we're right. So listen, I've had a good time. It's been an hour. I got everything off my chest that I wanted to get off my chest. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to edit this shit. I'm not even going to edit this. Shit. I'm just going to go ahead, hit upload done, done. And just see, just see what it sounds like. Hopefully, hopefully it's not bad. Take care. You don't got to go home, but you got to leave here. It's closing time. Rookie draft 2020. We've been grinding for months. It's over with. It is over. I mean, we got a few tight ends left, but that's going to be easy. It's over with. Congratulations. If you hung with me through the whole thing, I appreciate you. We're going we're gonna to crush these, and then we're going to get ready for the 2020 season, hopefully, and, and get those redraft. And we're going to be hoisting some trophies. I promise you that. We're going to be hoisting so hoisting some trophies. I promise you that. All right. Stay live with Roto Lounge. All right. I'll see you next time. This has been Roto Lounge.